with michael g gable that's me podcast is back and i am back on the mainland from hawaii had a great week of activity and recovery and was stoked to get back here and get back to work and boy did i it work hit hard this week to give you a little picture of what my days are like this morning i woke up went to hot yoga sweated it out went straight to recording this podcast with killian McHugh of killian's workshop fame Right after that, I had a commercial audition where I played a dad with a mom. I had a, mo- a wife who was a mom, and we had two kids, and we were driving to chop down a Christmas tree. So that was fun and really cute and sweet. And then I drove straight to a theatrical audition in Culver City, which was an hour away. I barely made it. But I got to play an impeccably dressed British hitman, which, I don't know, it went pretty well, but it's just fun to get to put on a suit and pretend to be a badass. And then I drove home to pick up my dog, and then I came to finish editing this podcast. And then tomorrow I'm going to do some more fit modeling, and then I have another audition across town, and then I go back across town to do a fitting for a commercial I just booked. So that's kind of what my days look like. It's it's pretty interesting because, you know, I left the house at just before 9 this morning and got back around 6 and was probably in the car for a solid three hours and went several different places, but... I would take that over sitting in an office in front of a computer for eight hours any day. And it can seem stressful and it can seem crazy, but if you got the right podcasts, and hopefully this is one of them, you get through it because it's worth it. The jobs are worth it. And getting to play in those auditions and on those jobs is what really makes it worth it. And we get into that on this podcast with Killian. Um, I was so amazed that he wanted to sit down with me because we've talked about him a lot in past episodes. He's the commercial guru in LA and Beyond that, just we get into his story and how he got to be a commercial acting teacher after being a commercial actor and a casting director and what it was like for him growing up and his thoughts on creativity and being yourself and sexiness and all sorts of fun stuff. So without further ado, enjoy Killian McHugh. So this is called model behavior because I'm technically a working model, but I thought modeling was just a cool platform for me to have a podcast because there are no modeling podcasts, really any. That's interesting. And I thought people would be interested, but it's more just about, I mean, the model behavior play on words is about just being a good person, exercising model behavior in life, you know? Oh, that's cool. Are we on now? Should I be doing this? recording, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) Is Um, this part of the interview or... We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I don't do much editing because the conversation just kind of goes naturally. Okay. Um, but uh, the last episode was with my friend Natalie Canizares, who I referred to your class. Oh, cool. And we talked about how valuable it was. And Oh, thanks. I don't want to have you give away your special sauce. I'm not here to do that. I just think you're a very interesting person. And I like talking to people that I think are interesting. Thank you. So that's why you're here. <laughs> and modeling and commercial acting go hand in hand, obviously. Yeah. But we always start the podcast with one question, okay. which is, what were you up to when you were seven years old? When I was seven years old, is that second grade? Yeah, first and second grade. Uh, First and second grade, I was pretty much, 
I don't know if you called the class clown because I don't know if I was funny because it was I was seven. Right. But I do remember disrupting class, acting and, out, and the teacher having to do specific things for me to do what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to be doing my math. I get to be funny for t- three minutes. Yeah. And then sit down. You get your stage time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was doing. So you probably would have been on Adderall these days. Uh, They would have definitely medicated me. Somebody like me. I was similar. I was, I acted out. I had many private meetings with my parents and teachers and, but it was also smart. So I could kind of get away with it because my work was good. Yes. So it's kind of that deal of like, okay, do your thing and then turn in your A paper. Yes. So I got away with it to some extent. I mean, I remember the nun giving me piggyback rides from the windowsill to sit down you went to a catholic school yeah me too oh you did it was uh yeah run by nuns it's awful they hated boys yeah it was so it was co-ed through sixth grade and then it switched to all girls through high school so the nuns just like any excuse to kick boys out get boys in trouble they didn't physically reprimand us it wasn't that era but i had like three of my best friends got kicked out in two days yeah and it's like a class of 50 people that's a lot that's a big ratio (laughs) well i had in high school really evil nun uh, and she'd say that probably if you asked her. Um, just hated being a nun. Hated kids. And uh, she would give me detention because I had a crappy car, but I had a car. Mm-hmm. So when she had to stay late, she would give me detention and then make me give her a ride home. <laughs> so she's just taking advantage of And you. my parents knew. Yeah. Because I'm like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. She needs a ride home. Yeah. And they didn't do anything about it's it. Like, well, the they're like, well, the she's the teacher. Yeah. yeah. So it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I got out of there by the skin of my teeth before they kicked me out and then went to. They tried school. to kick us out senior year um, just to set the tone uh, because I didn't really care for authority. Yeah. And I would get kicked out of class all the time because they would say these things about religion. And I would just leave in like third grade. I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, those and then, too. yeah. And then they're like, yeah. you out. Yeah, because they don't want no they don't dissenters. It's no. like Scientology or an SP. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, all religions are cults. And so, but they'd say this <laughs> stuff and I'd be like, I'm eight. Yeah. And I know this can't be true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why are you telling us this? Yeah. Um, but in high school, to set the tone, on the very first day of class, I had just gotten a haircut. They take me, my best friend, two other people, uh, maybe three other people that they thought are troublemakers mm-hmm. and they kicked us out of school for having hair too long. Okay. I had just gotten a haircut. Yeah. Now they kicked us out of the school. We're in like farmland. We're miles from home. Mm-hmm. They didn't contact our parents. They made us walk <laughs> along the highway. They kicked us out of school. Where, where was this? Where did you grow this up? This is in uh, Poconos in Pennsylvania. Okay. Cool. So that was the only time my father took a teacher's side or my side over a teacher. Yeah. Because literally they kicked us out of school and made us walk home. Yeah. Which was, you know, four towns over, 20 miles away. 20, it's a marathon, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and anything could have happened to us. Right. And so that was the only time. Yeah, uh, your dad stepped that in. They, that they stepped in and, yeah. and freaked out on them. And then actually said, if you want to leave, you can leave. And I was like, well, it's the last year. Yeah. I want to be with my friends I finish. for one more year. Yeah. So so I could see why you'd have a problem with authority after a, an Yeah, I always like have. That. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because your class, everyone should take your class, whichever version of your class fits where your career's at. But you have a very interesting persona in class. So I'm the exact opposite, probably, I guess, because you have to follow the rules in my class. And the reason I'm so rigid is because the the commercial world is technical. Mm -hmm. Auditioning Mm -hmm. is technical. You know, it's not all about talent 
And sometimes it's not about talent at all in the commercial right. world. Right. But if you're not cheated out, if they can't see your face, if you're not hitting the mark, if you're not doing these things, and actors don't listen. Yeah. So it's real hard not to listen in my class. Yeah, you give <laughs> you you demonstrate the worst case scenario basically. I, I had been auditioning I would say that regularly before I came to your foundations class and I got more nervous sitting outside the door waiting to go in for your yes, auditions that were fake involved no money on the line than I ever did in any audition that's in real the life. Point. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first one, the first read we did, we had some like Terminix lines. And I came in holding my sides, and you're like, no sides. So I put them on the table. You're like, not on the table. So I shoved them down my pants. <laughs> and then halfway through the reading, the audition, I forgot the line. So I pulled them out of my pants, and you just go, get out. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, uh, my favorite story is um, I got, I, well, I didn't do it, but the, there was a Hispanic male actor in my class, and he was so nervous that he mispronounced. Tortilla. <laughs> and after class, he was like, what the fuck, yeah. man? It breaks your brain. But the point is, it breaks your brain. I like that. The point is, everything else should be easier when you leave this building. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I hope people understand. Not everybody gets it. And yeah, I think, you know, some people are like, it's a weird. I loved that person, like the authoritative personality use because I was, so I was in a fraternity in college and we have pledges and I was the pledge master, oh, which God. you're in control of all the the stuff they have to learn. It's not like what you see portrayed on TV is all very harmless, mostly just hanging out and learning about the house. But you have to put on this like this personality of I don't like these pledges. They're always doing things wrong. I'm going to catch them. I'm going to do whatever. And you start to believe it. Like you, it, it was my first role, so to say, so to speak. And you're like, do I hate these kids? <laughs> but then at the end, which is similar, after pledge terms over, you just like, it comes off, the mask yeah, comes everybody off. Knows and it's this big hug and it's the best feeling in the world, which just happens at the end of your class if too. If everybody sticks around, that's the thing. Like yeah. people, lots of people quit, not lots of people, but people quit when they quit, they quit in week three. Yeah. And so I usually have uh, Jacob, my assistant, call them and be like, look, you got to go through to the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most it, have it, come back. It's great. The class... I mean, it's like you said, it's auditioning is a skill. Well, the thing is, the reason I am the way I am is because I took the classes. Mm -hmm. I was an actor. I booked commercially, took the classes, got into casting, and then realized most of the things that were being taught at the time weren't relevant at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm in casting now, and I'm seeing behind the scenes what's going on. Right. And... A lot of them aren't nice. The, the, a lot of the experiences when you walk into these rooms are not pleasant experiences. No, it's awkward. It's a cattle call. Yeah. The camera person is stressed. Mm -hmm. The session's overpacked. We're not getting the shot we need. Yep. And so I just made it. I just decided to tell the truth. That's all, really. Right. You know, my class, as far as I know, from the ones that I took, my first class was the first class that had a sign-in sheet. And, and yeah. ran it like a commercial. To look like an audition process. Every yeah. other place you're going is like someone's home right. or a warehouse. And you sit around in a circle and everybody yeah. talks about themselves. And then we do a scene. And I was just like, this is not how commercial casting is run. No. And it's so nice to have that curtain pulled back because, you know, I was going out to auditions after I fell into modeling and got an agent who sent me out for commercials. You go to these auditions and you walk in and out and you're like, I think that went well. I'm pretty sure that went horribly. But then you get the only feedback you get is good feedback, which is a booking. And they don't tell you why you booked it. They just right. book you. You don't get any bad feedback. You just get nothing right so you kind of wheels can spin in the mud and it's because we're so stressed in casting because we have deadlines we have to get right. this done and this is sounds terrible to say but 
in the commercial world, actors aren't really thought of as artists mm, no. or even sometimes humans. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I try to show people that in class because if this is too hard for you, you need to go find something else. Mm -hmm. Because if this isn't something that you're going to absolutely love, mm -hmm. no matter how badly you're treated, then you got to go find out what in life gives you joy and do that yeah. because this is too hard. There's too much competition and mm -hmm. there's too many no's yeah. involved. And you can learn to relish it. Like I took your callback class as well, which sitting in the room where I took it, which is kind of a blast from the past, but callback rooms are very awkward for mm -hmm. a reason, which you break down. And then once you learn how to use that to your advantage, you're like, ooh, this is my space yes. and I own it. The you callback know? classes, I call it a life changer. Yeah, and it is. It, uh, I was in a veil purgatory I was just constantly on a veil and then I'd get released or the dates would pass and your heart just breaks because yeah. you've already planned what you're going to do with that money, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I've also learned not to do. Yes. Um, but then, yeah, I took your callback class and it, it changed everything. Yeah. 30% of the people who take it book within four weeks. Yeah. Which is insane. And if you go to your Instagram page, it's just photo to photo to photo of people who are booking commercials like while taking your class. I, yes. I booked stuff after week one just using... Look at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> this month, I think we're at 30% already, and it's week four tomorrow night. Yeah. And so that happens often. Lots yeah. of times we're 50% by week three. Like, it's just it's just eye-opening. It works. Yes. It works. And it's not super expensive, and it's fun. I love the process, so anyone should take it. And it's interesting you said that, like, from behind the camera, actors aren't necessarily seen as artists. They're seen as furniture with a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And you get used to that, especially in, like, the modeling world where... It is about the clothes. Of course. Like, you know, I have friends who've told stories where they're on some set and they're spraying you down with sweat or it's raining, fake raining. And they started, they put hair dryers on him. He's like, oh, no, I'm fine. And they go, it's not for you. It's yeah. for the clothes. <laughs> like he's, he's trying to be, you know, considerate. And they're like, yes. no, we don't care, but you're cool. No. <laughs> the clothes don't look good. No. And that's why I say in class, um, you know, we have one of the scenes, they have a cup and actors always take the fake drink. Yeah. And I'm like, don't put your lips on a cup yeah. in a casting office. That cup could be there for seven years. They do not change cups for every actor. <laughs> yeah. And so you put your thumb around the rim and then you put your mm -hmm. lips to your thumb. I do um, that in scenes where I have like a girlfriend or an audition where I haven't had a chance to you know, really connect with that person. I'll, if I'm holding my their hand, I'll kiss the back of my hand so it looks like I'm kissing her yes. on the hand in quick glance. It's a little <laughs> trick you guys can use. And the girl sometimes is like, what? And she's like, good move. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. One of the big things I picked up in your class was you don't have to do a lot. No. Like there's this, the technical aspect of it. There's the, the things you need to know about how, what they want to see and how to give them that. But I remember one of the example videos you you gave of a guy who booked a big commercial he was barely moving barely yes. talking his eyes were barely moving but like you say think the thought and the emotions yeah. there it's a technical business so i don't teach acting at all i teach the technical aspects mm -hmm. of auditioning so yeah. i teach auditioning skills yeah um and the first thing i say in week one is there's no acting in commercials it's you being you placed in their scenario right if they want a character flow is a definite character mm -hmm. they give you a day or two to come up with something yeah but most of the time it's you being it's you, you. yeah that's all and that's my hardest job is taking the problem in quotes the problem is actors have trained theatrical or theatrical training. They're yeah, trained actors. <laughs> so now they come here and they're applying theatrical training to the commercial world. Right. So my biggest they're job. Like, What's my backstory? What's my motivation? Well, my biggest job is getting trained actors to be themselves. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that's. And that's hard. I mean, that's a big thing 
you know, the model behavior aspect of this podcast is trying to figure out who you are and what you like and what makes you happy and bring that into the room. Yeah. And so I'm with, you know, Daniel Hoff commercially, who Mm -hmm. you guys, you have a good relationship with him and he's a volume guy. He sends you out on a lot of auditions and I go out on a lot of auditions that I know there's no chance I can book unless they have some change in what they're looking for. Cause it'll be, they're looking for the weird guy or the fat guy. And somehow my headshot gets slips through and I go to flex that muscle. Cause I think it's good to audition. Well, I'll say two things there. So one is if from the casting point of view, if we picture picture, there's a reason. Exactly. So if you walk into a lobby and I say this, I think in the callback class, I say it in definitely one of them. I think it's the callback class. It is because it's about this. So if you if you get to a lobby and every single person is the exact opposite of you physically, mm-hmm. don't shoot yourself in the foot by thinking, well, I'm never going to get this because what's the point of that then? So. There's a reason. Maybe we know that director and we have a relationship and we know you. And even though the specs are completely different, we think he could really nail this. Yeah. Let's just, we maybe not even send it to the ad agency. Let's just send it to the director. Yeah. And then they can decide how they want to go. Captain Obvious was supposed to be a hottie. Like like a Like a model model. Yeah. And the clients were not... They liked him, but they they saw it differently. Mm -hmm. Or uh, not the client, the ad agency came up with a different concept. But the director was like, look, this guy's funny and it'll work Yeah, longer. Yeah. And now he's like, you know, a flow character. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if he got to that room of models and said, well, this is bullshit. I'm leaving. Right. Right. He wouldn't have a, what is it now? A six year gig or whatever, yeah, he's doing you know? Fine. And so that's the way it goes. So that's one thing. But then the second thing, what you said is I'm going to flex that muscle. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the other way to look at it too. Because when I was in corporate world, I would go on interviews once a month for jobs I didn't want. Really? Just to keep the interview skills going. Yeah. Because in the corporate world, that's what you need to get that next job, to get that next level. So I would go to shittier job interviews mm-hmm. that I didn't want mm-hmm. just to keep the muscle going. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, auditioning is like you go on job interviews all day. That's what My friends is. are like, what the, what the hell is your life? And I'm like, I yes. go on job, inter- I'm literally auditioning for jobs all day yes and it's helped me so much in my life in terms of being able to just have random conversations with people Mm -hmm. like when i was dating like i was great at first dates because i know how to just talk and answer questions and like yes from being a shy kid to now is a wild change well that's what people don't understand also they think you know actor glamour blah 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 whatever they think in their minds but you're literally in traffic (laughs) going to the west side to the end if you don't live in la you don't understand what that means (laughs) Um, so you have to have a comfortable ride. You have to have z- zone, a zone where you're safe and feeling good and happy because mm-hmm. you're driving all day long. Mm-hmm. And then you're in a lobby for 45 minutes. Staring at t- 20 guys who look just like uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. And then you got to go in and deliver. And you do this constantly. And it's no, no, occasional yes. No, 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 occasional <laughs> yeah. yes. No matter how good you are, you cannot book everything. Yeah. And so, because some days they're going to want the exact opposite of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, you're putting yourself out there every day, all day, mm-hmm. hoping that people say yes. Yep. That can be very depressing. Yeah. If you don't have the right mindset for it. And it can quickly. And if know, you don't make coming out. into the room the win. Yeah. The bookings will take care of themselves. Yeah. Make that audition the win and have that fun in there because you literally have a captive audience mm-hmm. and you're getting the ability to show your craft. You're giving, you've been given the ability to show your craft in this moment. So revel in that moment and the bookings will show up. And you get to play. Acting is, yes. 
sometimes I'm, I'm in waiting rooms and I'm watching people practice their lines and maybe they're awful. Maybe they're better than me and I'm nervous, but like, or I'm cringing and I'm sometimes just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah. But then you get in this room and you get free license to be a dick or to be mm -hmm. funny or to be a dad who's spilling something on himself. And it's like, that takes you back to being eight and just having no cares in the world. Well, that's the whole thing about acting is having, being eight all yeah. the time. And so I remember coming out of the Crowling once and I was driving home and it hit me. I was like, I'm 30 <laughs> and I just played freeze tag yeah. on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Like this is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's a class you're paying for. And then audition is something where you might make money, but then you get to set and you do make money and they're like, eat 10 hamburgers. You're like, okay. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's wild. It's but a weird, it's, it's, it's worth a it. Weird existence. Yeah. And that's what makes <laughs> it worth the, you know, I spend several hours in the car every day. That's why I started a podcast because I listen to podcasts all day. Yes. And I love people's stories and that's why you're here because I want to hear your story. But I think another thing I gleaned from your class and just your personality is you're very interested in not just the technical part of it and how to treat this like a business and be a professional, but also how important it is to be self-actualized and power through your creative resistance. I think I sent you a copy of The War of Art yes. after our class. and. That's something I'm so fascinated by. And when you say to walk into an audition and be yourself, that's easier said than done for a lot of people because yes. they don't know who they are. And they're in LA where they have headshots where they look like this and this and this. And they're, you know, maybe trying to be cool or maybe trying to be sexy. But knowing who you are is not that easy. I agree with that statement. Yeah. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Because people don't know who they are or they think they want to be somebody else mm -hmm. instead of themselves or they're hiding something, you know. And uh, this craft, to me, I think is all about coming in and bearing your soul. Yeah. Whether it's theatrical or commercial. Because that's what they see in you. When you talk about that light behind your eyes. Yes. You know, are you some like dry wit, ironic type of person? They're going to see that and they're going to book you off that. Are you some, you know, hunky guy who just oozes sex appeal? They're going to see you and that's what they're going to book about you. And I told this story on the last podcast, last episode with, with Natalie, but I was doing an audition for an Axe body spray commercial and you had your shirt off. And the camera op stopped the camera. He's like, stop. You, you don't know how attractive you are. You do not carry yourself like an attractive person. <laughs> and a lot of that is like, you're in LA where everyone's more attractive than you and you're kind of side-eyeing. And you know, well, we have homeless people who are more attractive. Yeah, with us. great it's, hair. I like, mean, it's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to think about, you got to own who you are, but you also have to think about who's the guy they want to walk into that room. You need to be that guy. If he oozes sex appeal, figure out a way to do it, whether it's truthful or not. And... You know, you, you do have some flexibility in your type, but it's pretty narrow for the most part. Well, a couple things there. I just talked about sexiness last night in class. Everyone can be sexy. Mm -hmm. Sex is a state of mind. Sexiness is a state of mind. Yeah. And, you know, you go back in time. Mae West was a very large person. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people are sexy. And it has nothing to do with their looks. Right. It's how they carry themselves. It's an attraction. And I was actually talking about Jessica Lange, who obviously is sexy looking as well. But no matter what she's doing, she's always sexy. Mm -hmm. No matter who she's talking to, no matter what she's talking about. Like they did a round table. And it's all A-list celebrity actors, like actor actors, you know, like Meryl Streep caliber. And they're all gorgeous. And... She's in her 70s now, and she was like the sexiest person at the yeah. table. And you could see that everybody knew it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, Reese yeah, yeah. and all of them were just staring at her like, God. Well, there's a magnetism to that. That's right. And what is that? I don't know what that comes from. Well, it comes from confidence. Yeah. You know, I say this in class all the time. 
confidence is sexy, cockiness masks insecurity. Yeah. Cockiness oh, yeah. is very unattractive. It's a very good way to but put it. Confidence is sexy. Yeah. And so it has nothing to do with your looks. It has to do with how you carry yourself. Confidence is humble. Cockiness is aggressive. Yes. And annoying. Yes. <laughs> and I've, you know, I've went through that insecurity masked by like in, in college I was known as the scowler because I was just unapproachable. I wasn't happy. So I was just like, well, I'm going to be mean so I don't have to fake being happy. Yeah. And I gotten over that. Thankfully, I'm a very happy person now for the most part. Good. But yeah, that confidence. I had a, a friend in college who he was from Montana and he was like a fly fisherman and a badass rock climber. And he was a cute kid and like he was very playful and girls loved him. Mm -hmm. But he was super Christian and wanted nothing to do with them. Um, but he just had this, like, in Seinfeld, they call it the Kavorka. Yeah. Just that, like, raw magnetism, which I think comes from just knowing who you are. That's right. Not being a dick about it and just owning it. Yes. You know? And that's, it's interesting in figuring that out, but also figuring it out through the lens of L.A. life, which is you're always trying things on. Do you ever, when you're working your casting days, see people on camera and just say, like, I wish I could just tell them that they don't know what they are, like, you know, like, like there could be like a type consultant. Well, I think that's kind of what I became. Yeah. Um, the reason I started teaching is because the casting director I was working for at the time, I was a camera person, and um, the casting director made me teach mm -hmm. because she said, every time these people walk into this room, you're taking time, you're teaching them how to act, and I don't need you to do that. I need you to audition them. Yeah. So you need to go start a class because yeah. you're really good at it. And then so she made me start teaching and then it was very small, 10 people and then, you know, four booked right away. Mm -hmm. and agents were like, what the hell is mm -hmm. that about? So they sent me 10 more yeah. and then they all booked and then like everybody is booked, 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 booked. Mm -hmm. but that is kind of what I do. Yeah. Um, I not... tell people when people ask me to describe casting and acting teacher, what I do basically is I read people for a living. Mm hmm. So you're standing in front of me. I have to figure out very quickly like who you are, what your thing is, yeah. and how to hone the skill that you have. Yeah. So basically, I read people for a living. Yeah, so you're very perceptive, observant. And I know I don't like when acting coaches become gurus and try to get in your head um, and make you feel guilty if you don't come to class and spend money and all that stuff, yeah. which there's so many of them in the city. But there is a thing about you have to be open to people's vibrations because yeah. people will come for a private yeah and i don't want to know your whole thing um but i will stop the camera and say there's clearly something else going on with you mm -hmm. you know what's the problem here today yeah and then they can get that out and then we can move on yeah um or it's you know i i was teaching uh, i was doing a private with this actor and I could tell she was off, something was wrong, and I stopped the scene and I said, we can't continue because you're not here, mm -hmm. so what's going on? Mm -hmm. And she said, I took a class with blah, blah, blah. And she said that I was too fat for commercials. What the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm sure she didn't say that. And she's like, no, here's exactly what she said. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, um, let me apologize first for my whole industry. Yeah. Secondly, you're not fat. She was not fat. And I was like, third, fat is funny. Right. So fat reads instant funny. Right. So she's completely wrong. And um, sounds like a bitter acting teacher. And I was just like, so the I take this very seriously because this is affecting this person. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I get very protective of actors. Um, I think as people know in this city with, you know, sag rates and things like that. And um, because we're it's not carpentry. 
although that's an art so i shouldn't say that it's not a it's not a just a job yeah this is we're dealing with people's dreams yeah and i take that extremely seriously so i have to be careful of what i say because i don't when i'm they say mean in class i am never personal Mm -mm. it is about you didn't hit the mark yeah and i need you to listen and focus Mm -hmm. and hit the fucking mark Mm -hmm. but i would never say anything about anybody's actual physical appearance or anything like that because there's room for everybody and so especially now and so everybody yeah and so that's so irresponsible and hurtful to say to a person and then she comes here and she's the whole time i'm giving her direction she's wasting her money because she's thinking i'm too fat to do this yeah like, if you're in your head, you're you're screwed. No, you might as well and not. So the room. you do have to read people and understand that this is about emotions. I remember the first time somebody cried in a private with me. I still remember the first time because I teach commercials. Mm-hmm. I did not expect this at all. A good cry. Like yeah. A, a no, release. she burst into tears. Yeah. Uh, and then I realized, okay, I have to take this from a different approach. I was just trying to teach her commercial technique, but it's the whole fucking thing, mm-hmm. you know. You're frustrated. You're not an A-lister. You're not going out theatrically. You're 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 going out. You're booking a couple commercials a year. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But there's so much pressure on everything else, and rent is high, and blah blah blah. And your parents are like, "Why aren't you a doctor?" And <laughs> yeah. all these things. Yeah. And then you come to my class and burst into tears. Yeah. And so the first day, I had to say, "Like that's fine. That's totally fine to do. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine." You need that cry right now. Yeah. Now we'll get to work. Let it out. Um. But the first time that happened, it was really jarring. Cause I was like, we're just doing an Amex spot here. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I realized, no, I'm teaching big picture. It's about yeah. everything. Well, and, and lots of people have told me everything that I taught them worked in their theatrical world. And it works in like your life as well. Show well, up on time, listen, you know, be- I've had people, <laughs> this was kind of funny. Um, and it was, it made me laugh when it happened the first time, but I've had, um, life coaches come up to me after the four weeks and say, um, you should be a life coach. Yeah, like, you basically are one. They say, <laughs> I, I think of myself as one, but they were like, you're kind of better than me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when they yeah. said that. And they're like, and we make real money. Like, re- like, Oh yeah, some life coaches make real money. It's crazy. Like Jay-Z has a life coach. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine right here. I'm doing yeah, this is and, I, and, I, and I do really feel like I am helping people in life. Yeah. I hope. Again, not everybody gets it. Yeah, and I think it all it all applies because... To be a good actor, you have to be a good person, you know, and that's model behavior. That's what it where it comes from. Um, we did this really interesting, you know, Leslie Kahn. I do. Yeah, I took her class, and we did this really interesting exercise on the first day, where before anyone introduces themselves, you walk into the room, you say hi, you sit down, and you turn your back to the room, and people just start saying things out loud about what they think about you, their thin slice of who you are, and you write them down. And I had this list of you know fifty things, and maybe two were wrong. So like, it's pretty interesting that when you walk into a casting room, they're just like, who is this guy? Like, and they're assuming a lot of things about well, you. Well, in my world, in commercial world, um, I say this all the time in class as well. Commercials are stereotypes, not in the negative way that we think of stereotypes, that word, but it has to read instantly. We have no time. So it has to be instant soccer mom, instant slacker guy, instant yeah. surfer, instant whatever. When we look at you, it has to read that mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. Now, then people say, so yes, to your point, they are judging you as soon as you walk in the room. Now people say, I hate when I'm out in town. People ask what I do and I tell them and they say, commercials, what do you teach? It's just a look. That's not true. 
you have to get to the level where they're discussing you in mm -hmm. that callback room. Mm -hmm. But then it does come down to the look factors in. Well, he looks more like a slacker guy than this person. Yep. I lost a job. I don't say lose a job because you didn't lose anything. You didn't have anything when you came in. So you leave even Stephen guy mm -hmm. when, you, when these auditions happen. That's what I love. Um, sometimes you get a check. Great. I was also working in the casting office, so uh -huh. they didn't know that, though. And so I could hear everything they were saying about me because the rooms are all mic'd. And I know I was the best at it because it was a really hard audition, and I was the camera guy teaching everybody mm -hmm. uh, all, all week. So I knew that I nailed it. Yeah. So it comes down to me and one other person who I know, and he's a very good actor, and... I could hear the director and them all speaking, and the director said, uh, well, Killian, he, technically, he nailed it. He was he was better. Mm -hmm. But I just don't believe he eats chips. <laughs> this guy looks like he'd sit on the couch and eat chips. Yeah. It was for Tostitos. And uh, and he's right. I don't eat chips. Really? I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> it's so just, bizarre. It's just a plank of salt. I yeah, don't well, understand. It's a vehicle for dips. Is. It's really about the dips. Well, that's okay. I, yeah. I like the way you said that. Yeah. But I don't eat chips. And the guy knew it because I didn't look. So I was better, but he got the part because he looked like he eats chips. Mm -hmm. But he still had to be at the level right. where he was just as good. Yeah. You see? And so the point is when you know that you're good. So I wasn't mad at my friend who got it. I mean, of course, I want the national booking, but yeah. that's fine. I'll get the next one. Or yeah. the one that I'm right for. Who, but it still comes down to talent and then look. Yeah. It's not look, then talent. And my, my girlfriend, I told her I was coming to interview, and she's like, what does he teach? She moved out here in like 2008 or nine, booked her first modeling job, booked her first national commercial audition. Like one of the the, the golden people mm -hmm. who just got lucky. And she's like, it's just a look. Like they just, and I was like, I think you're just someone who like got really lucky. And she was also in the era of six nationals a year yeah. and she, I, w I tell her the rates i'm going out for and she's like my agents would laugh at that and she doesn't audition anymore but she doesn't know well, what, she doesn't know the industry anymore yeah because but she's like it's just anymore. a look and i was like no but what you said it's skill plus look yeah and you can nail an audition and they're just like you fucking nailed that you're not the right guy for this but they're going to keep you in their heads that's the thing and that's your job is not to book it your job is to make a fan in the room mm -hmm. that's your job yep somebody on that couch somebody behind behind that camera will say, I'm going to remember her mm -hmm. for next time. And that's what you need. Yeah, I like tell people all the time for theatrical world, all you need to change your life is one working casting director, mm -hmm. one working casting director that loves you. Yep. Yep. Now, and how do you get that to happen? That's the key. Be good. Be good <laughs> be in good the room. Be good at what you do. Yeah. Be undeniably good. I watched uh, Steve Martin. It's kind of trite, but I kind of like it. Um... He said, be so good they can't ignore you. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds simple, but it's true. I mean, I don't do a lot of theatrical stuff, but the only theatrical avail I ever got was for a different role months later than I auditioned for. Because right. they remembered me. They knew I could say whatever two lines, mm -hmm. and I looked a certain way. And so they put me on a bill for it. Yes. So something worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the union, non-union debate, because I just booked a... A union spot and it was a, a self-tape and I was like I texted my agent I was like we're we looking at some good money for this and he was like nah you know a couple grand internet only so even the few sag jobs that are going around with all this new media stuff like you just can't make the money you used to maybe that's why you're not acting anymore and you're teaching it well I started I I stopped commercial acting because um I felt it was I didn't 
I felt it was kind of immoral to sit in a lobby and go up against people that I'm teaching mm -hmm. and at that time I could pay my bills. Um, I have this class, I have this reputation and I felt it was wrong if I booked this spot and booked this national and get this money, but this actor maybe needed it for rent. Yeah. You know, and they had yeah. come to me for training. And then the other part of that was, and this is going to sound egotistical, but it's not, it's just a fact. Um, but I have a very high callback ratio. Mm -hmm. So I, I get called back on 90% or more. Whoa. And so that doesn't mean I book everyone. Right. But now I had, I do private coaching during the day now. And I had a wait list, you know, it's like a month long. And now this person's been waiting a month and I have to run over to the West side mm -hmm. because I got a call back mm -hmm. and I didn't think that was fair to them. Yeah. So I decided you're either going to choose, either going to coach these people mm -hmm. or you're going to be an actor. Yeah. Um, and so I quit. And I would imagine you found more fulfillment going the coaching route. Well, the first day that I taught, I mean, because I was like everybody else trying to act and lost and trying to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And the very first class, I still remember the moment I got up and we started and I was like, oh, this is what I do. Yeah. Like for the first time in my adult life, everything clicked. Yeah. That's interesting. And I was like, this is what I do now. I mean, I was just downstairs in your lobby and you had all these cards on the wall, people thanking you. And if you're on set and you do a good job and the director's like, wow, you were great today. That feels nice. But to really personally change someone's life and have them advance their careers, you know, it got to be so satisfying. Well, when people started sending me letters and things and telling me what happened and yeah. how it changed them and everything, I thought this is really much more important than me. Yeah. Um, even though it's a little acting class in LA, like we're doing something bigger here. Yeah. And I love that wall downstairs because yeah, great. I walk by it every day and it's just like, that's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. I never sent an act. I never sent a teacher a letter. <laughs> I sent you a book. So yeah. 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 But um, I never did that. I didn't growing up. I didn't have a lot of teachers that changed me or affected me. I've mostly fought with them because of the Catholic. I had thing. one or two in my normal school, not in my Catholic school. I would never talk to any of those. Yeah. Witches. And I was also, I mean, I knew I was gay at four, you know, that kind of really? thing. And so that's another reason I was oh, a yeah. problem with authority in, in, in Catholic school. Catholic school is going to be tough. You know? And yeah. plus I knew every priest was gay. I was like, all these people are gay. And why are they all <laughs> saying that this is bad and I'm going to hell and I'm crying myself to sleep every night trying to be straight. Yeah. And I'm like, that fucking priest is gay. Yeah. Like every priest that taught me was gay. Really? Yes. You had the, the gaydar was on. Mm-hmm. And several of them have since been busted. Yeah. I mean, that's ugh, that's just the, the worst. I think they never came at me because they knew I knew. Really? Because that molestation and stuff is all about power. Yeah, you have to be able to control and brainwash. Yeah, and I think and... they knew that yeah. they had no power over me, and so they never even tried. I, I might have been an ugly kid, too. <laughs> I've seen a lot of comedians like, why wasn't I picked? <laughs> but no, I truly do believe that they knew I knew. Well, if you could sense it in them, they could probably sense it in yeah. you. And I, I worked to, uh, at an elementary school in high school. I was like the after school caretaker. I just played with kids and was like the best one in every sport, which was really fun. But there were kids where I was like, hmm. Yeah. Like, well, I noticed, okay, so we're moving out from where we were talking about. But I, I do want to say that I I just... To, to cap that last part is yeah. I did realize that this affects people. Yeah. And so I take that very, very, very seriously. And when I get those cards, like they make me cry. They make, I love them and I yeah. hang them up on the wall. And it really does mean something that this little four week acting workshop 
for commercials. Mm-hmm. Effect, like I've had people come back and say, not just acting classes, this is the best class I ever took, Yeah. period. And when I first started, a guy was writing for Backstage and he wrote a bad review of me. Of your class. Yes. So I'm also a person who doesn't, I'm, I'm not afraid to confront people, mm-hmm. as SAG has found out. Um, yeah. I, uh, so I called him and I said, did you take my class? And he said, no. And I was like, where the fuck do you get off writing this? You didn't take my class. Yeah. He's like, well, I've heard blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't give a shit what you've heard. That's bullshit what you just wrote. I was like, here's the deal. You take my class for free. He was an actor also. I was like, you take my class for free the next month. And if it's not, not just the best acting, if it's not the best class you've ever taken, yeah. I will quit. I will close my workshop. Well, I became his uh, consultant. For the rest <laughs> for, of his career. For, I, was his, I was always quoted in his articles yeah. for the rest of his writing career See? because he came here and he was like, okay, I'm sorry, you're right. This so good amazing. they can't ignore you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, in this one area of life. I'm, I can say that. Uh, then to go back to the gay thing. Yeah, let's go back. Um, when I first started casting, when I was a camera guy, uh-huh. it hit me like a rock. I was so angry that there's this debate uh, with these Christians um, Oh, you're not born that way. You're born that way. Science, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Kids would come into audition and you can fucking clearly see who the gay kids are. Yeah. And it was for the first time I saw it in like a, in a if you want to call it like an experiment setting. Yeah. You're like an observer. You know, yeah. Focus group or there's something. There's five kids in front of me. I'm interviewing yeah. them all. Yeah. And you can clearly see which kids are the gay kids. Mm-hmm. So there's no debate to me no, and it just drives me crazy. Um, but that's probably where the authority thing comes from right. because like I was four and new yeah. and then all you hear is out of all the things you can be on the planet, that's the worst thing. And when were you able to get past that four. and come out? Not and... until I was thirties, thirties, I didn't come out until I was in my thirties. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I was out in LA, but my family and people didn't know. Yeah, I mean, that's I 18 with. years of really hard repression. And, mm-hmm. you know, you probably fought against well, it. I was and beyond, accepted it and, beyond yeah. closeted. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like beyond. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I didn't come out until I was 30. In my 30s. Yeah. Yeah. But I was I was known. It was here in L.A. with my friends that w- I was out. Yeah. Did um did that have a sort of cathartic opening up for you in terms of well, what happened your career was, or your art or I was a waiter forever and bartender and closeted and then i got into casting and everybody was gay Mm -hmm. and i was like okay uh this is a sign and that's of course whenever you start in an office the first thing people say is are you gay or well behind people's back the first thing everybody says is is he gay yeah oh yeah and then they just ask you yeah um and so i decided you know what i'm gonna say yes one day and see what happens yeah and so we were there and somebody said are you gay and i was like yeah and they're like okay and then nobody cared. Right. And I was like, Jesus Christ. You didn't fall into I've the pits of hell. I've been freaking out for yeah. fucking 35 years and nobody fucking cares in this building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they didn't care outside the building either. <laughs> no one gives a shit. It's all in here in your mind, but because of what is drummed into you for your whole yeah. life. And that affects everything. And so that's part of the teaching too, is that, you know, people come to me. And again, reading people, especially in the one-on-one, you can sense if somebody has an issue about a childhood thing or whatever. And I tell people all the time, I don't want to know it, Mm -hmm. but I can sense it just so you know right now. Mm -hmm. And so can they. Yeah. So 
you have to realize that the past is the past. And I've had people tell me horrific stories, even when I told them I don't want to know. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, how do you get past that? You just have to say, I'm in this room right now. Mm -hmm. And for one of the approaches I have and what I tell actors is, look, these nerves we have in these auditions are kind of um, selfish. Yeah. And... Uh, they're self-protective. It's you trying to protect yourself from something. You, well, but if unwary. you look at it, I have this other view of it. It's I think it's selfish because there's like six billion people on the planet. Right. Most of them are living in horrific circumstances. Mm -hmm. We get a chance, even if it's just two minutes in this room, we get a chance for two minutes a day to forget everything. Yeah. And most people on the planet would kill Mm -hmm. to get out of their circumstance, even if it was just for two minutes of the day. Mm -hmm. So we should really revel in that. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And there's a there's this balancing act, I find, between you have to be present, you have to be in the room, you have to, you know, if you're having a bad day, you got to put that, leave that in the car. But there's another kind of flow I get into when I'm so busy, when I'm going from audition to audition and I have to podcast and I have to do this. And I like go into audition, like, what, did, did I just do that? And that, those are the ones I book because I'm thinking two steps ahead. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm me. I'm just yeah, present. you're not and freaking out about and this I'm, job. You know, hitting my marks and doing the, my muscle memory. But I'm not I'm not worrying about booking the job. I'm just, I'm worried about, I got to get to fucking Burbank. Yes. You know? And that's, I think that's probably a real flow state where you're just, you're just going. Well, yeah, I think, well, the busier you are, the less you have to, the less time you have to think mm -hmm. about stuff. Yeah. You know, that's yep. the problem. We sit here and, you know, you're waiting for the big moment mm -hmm. instead of making the big moment yeah and that's you have to keep busy especially in this city. oh you have to keep busy because otherwise you just sit there wait like i think about like the jason Bourne, like sleeper cells who just lay on a bed waiting for the call and then you go to the audition and all everything is this all this pressure yeah. and then the casting directors can smell that hunger on you mm -hmm. and they're like I'm not gonna give you the steak you know yeah. no you have to make it happen for yourself yeah. have other things you have to as an actor in la or as an actor anywhere, mm -hmm. you have to have other things. And I don't mean like a side hustle that makes money, although that's a real good thing to have. You probably, you probably have should have that. Yeah. But I mean something that interests you. Yep. Because this is too crushing mm -hmm. if it's your whole focus. Yeah, I think you need something that you can progress in, mm -hmm. pick up a sport, pick up you know, some sort of a hobby or activity, something where you, you have to have a linear hobby. progression where you can improve and be satisfied with your improvement because y you can improve in this career, but it's not entirely up to you. It's not completely under your control. And you have to have something to forget about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like to take yeah. your mind off it. You know, actors say to me, oh, I don't want to, I feel like I need to take a break, but I don't want to take a break. I, yes, take the break. Mm -hmm. And if your agent drops you, your agent drops you. Yeah. But this isn't, it's not an assembly line mm -hmm. and assembly line people need a break too. Cause I've worked on an assembly line. <laughs> it's a horrible fucking thing. Yeah. I literally worked on an assembly line in a toy factory. Um, it's kind of cool for a day. <laughs> uh, it was really crazy cause I was the only male and uh, the female, like everybody talks about sexual harassment and never thinks of it the other way because the females were fucking dirtier than really? any group of guys I ever sat They're with. You? And their number one thing was how can we turn the 16 year old, his face red how many times a day what can we do how raunchy can we be yeah to make this kid completely embarrassed yeah um and so uh but everybody needs a break so when agents say you know we'll drop you or things like that then let them drop you and get another agent because mm -hmm. you need to take a vacation because 
artists, it's art. It's yep. not assembly line. Mm -hmm. And so you have to let your brain rest. Yeah, and you have to be a real person. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are so, they play it so safe. They're so scared, like they're scared to take a trip because, you know, what if I miss work? There's work that's always going to be there. It never ends. What if, I, you know, I, I shouldn't get any more tattoos? Like, yeah, tattoos could be an issue or I shouldn't cut. But like, if you don't be who you want to be and like live in the world, when you walk into a room, you're not a real person. And they're going to be like, what is this thing? Mm -hmm. It's like you resemble a person, but you have nothing behind your eyes. Well, also, we don't have a lot of time here. So be who you are, be what you want to be. Yeah. And go to your auditions happy, but live your life. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was super poor and waiting tables, but I was in this film and uh, it went to Clermont Ferrand in France. That's the number one film festival for small films in the world. Mm -hmm. and big celebrities go and the whole town gives up everything for this festival. Yeah. I didn't have any money. And my parents were like, you can't go to that. And I was like, I'm fucking going to this. I don't care if I lose my apartment. I'm in a film. Yeah, and, at a festival. In a festival in fucking France. Yeah. In the south of France. I'm going. And I, I bought a case of Power Bars. Because <laughs> my friends were like, you're going to Paris. <laughs> like the food, that's what it is. Yeah. And I was like, I have nothing. <laughs> I so can't afford food. I got, a, I got a box of Power Bars <laughs> and put that in my suitcase and went to France and uh, had the best week of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'll never lose that, yeah. you know? So if I hadn't done that, I'd be so sad today. I mean, people were asking for my autograph. They loved the film. Mm -hmm. Like, it was crazy. But if I just said no to my circumstances, because I sh had no right going, yeah, um, I used my savings for the whole trip. And, uh, it worked but, out. You're here, but that's something that yeah. I'll never lose. Yeah. Then what? What would I have had? Rent that month? Right. Wow. And you would have <laughs> lost sighting. The, the inspiration and the encouragement that came from that process and seeing your film in a festival in France while you're there. Oh my God! I got to sit with Jim Morrison and eat French pastry in the morning on, the, <laughs> his, on his grave. On grave yes. Yeah. I actually, I actually got to sign it before they took it away. Um, cause it's not there now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, they were actually arresting two people for signing the grave. So the cops back was to me and I was like, well, here it is. So I, cause I took my Sharpie. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a little message to Jim and, uh, dear old Jim and then got out of there. That's awesome. <laughs> but so I have that memory, Yeah. you know? And so you have to do those things. You have to take breaks. You have to do what you need to do. Um, and not even on the large way scale. during the busy season, right? but there's seasons. Yeah. Live your life. I mean, it, like I was saying, not even on the large scale. I was just in Hawaii with my girlfriend. And we went on this like ATV off-roading tour. And we stopped at a rope swing. And you could do a rope swing that Indiana Jones had done in Raiders of the Lost Ark or uh, Temple of Doom. I don't know which one of them. But it was into the river where the plane takes off and uh -huh. the snake is in the cockpit. And I was the only person who did it because people were worried about being wet on the ride back. And I was like, you yeah. know, in a day, it's not going to matter. And you're going to wish you did that rope swing. I did that in Hawaii at a waterfall. It was December, but it's Hawaii. Yeah. But anyway, you're allowed to swim out to the waterfall and I'm like the gay dude and all these couples are there and nobody's going in the water. Yeah. And I was like, we're in Hawaii and this is the King's waterfall, blah, right. blah, blah. So I was the first one to jump in. I was like, seriously guys? Like all these macho dudes are all, and I'm, nobody's going in. Yeah. So then as soon as I did it, everybody else. People want, I don't know, they want permission. Yes. You know, I say that in class. People are looking for permission. Yeah. And Betty Davis said, always be first. Leap in the net will appear. That's your mm -hmm. other big saying. Yes. I like that a lot because I think it applies to a lot of things. I say that well, it's on the 
walls of this building. It's in the walls of my home. Yeah. I believe in it. Yeah. Hmm. So what's going on with the SAG debate? Are we making progress? Because I know you've been very vocal. Well, everybody likes the new contract. Yeah. So that's really good. Yeah. So now we have to see if it works. How are these how are these big ads getting away with not being signatories? I don't get it. Well, it has to do with SAG leadership, I believe. Yeah. So and that's a problem because only nineteen percent of the people vote. Right. So it's a whole problem with the country. It's a whole it's a big it's a big 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 picture. Again, everything I do is a big picture. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember one election year, it was odd to me, interesting to me, because we had a mayoral election in that year, and then the SAG election, and it was like the same percentage, like 13 or 19 percent of Angelinos voted for mayor, mm-hmm. and the exact same percentage voted for SAG president. Really? And I was just like, well, there it is. They're just voters. You know, yeah. it's just 13 percent. What the fuck? Where's mm-hmm. the other, you know, yeah. the majority? And so... Until people vote, nothing changes, and that's the problem. And I think the problem with L.A. is, first of all, we don't even know when the mayor. Like, there was like 19 guys running for mayor last time. I didn't yeah. see one debate. Yeah. And they never tell us when the election is. Yeah. It's always on like a random uh, Tuesday that we didn't hear about. Like, L.A. is so strange with, with mayoral elections. Mm-hmm. And then also, it's a transient city, so people are coming and going constantly, right. so they don't feel connected. So yeah, they, they don't, don't care. vote. They don't they care. Move they're, like, they're going back to New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? So most people, when they move to California, move back within seven years. That's the number. Well, I'm about to hit eight. I'm doing well. That's awesome. Yeah. And so people don't get involved. Yeah. And that's the problem with SAG. Everybody's bitching all of a sudden because, oh, my God, there's no SAG jobs. Well, where the fuck were you eight years ago mm-hmm. when this problem was happening? Mm-hmm. And where was the commercial department of SAG eight years ago? They were doing nothing. That's the problem. They were literally doing nothing. And they literally stood up in a... In a they say Killian's bad-mouthing SAG. I was literally at the meeting where the head of the commercial department said, so sorry for the last decade, we have done nothing to help you. <laughs> and she's going to get a nice fat pension. Yeah. Good for her. So, yeah. I mean, I think maybe 5% of auditions that go on are SAG. That seems... Well, no, it's... No, it's... I mean, I, I can't that's speak counting for your... print stuff, too. Yeah, so that's different, which, too. Yeah. But it's... Right now, it's probably about 60-40. Okay. When I started, it was probably 80, 20, 80 SAG, right. 20 non, and now it's about 60, 40, 60 non, 40 SAG. Yeah. But people are saying this year, since the contract, I'm hearing from actors that things are getting better. Yeah. So we just have to wait and see. And you can do it. You can make a full-time living as a commercial actor. And that's the thing. It still can be done. So people think that the money's not there, but I have lots of uh, actors who come to me who do not have other jobs. I don't have another job. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, modeling and acting is my... Yes. That's how I pay my bills. So you can do you it. You can do it. And But I think that the problem is everybody wants everybody else to do it, to do the work. So you have to go to the meetings. Mm-hmm. You have to, if you're non-union, go to the non-union mixers. Mm-hmm. You know, they have lots of those, actually. I didn't know about that. So, uh, and that's SAG's fault for not reaching out. Everybody, there's debate people think i'm on one side or the other of sag non-union union everybody's born non-union right i don't have a problem with a non-union person yeah and for sag to tell an actor not to take a job because it's too low when this person's trying to pay the rent that's not the way to do it mm-hmm. it's not that actor's fault it's coca-cola's fault for paying that amount so go after coca-cola yeah and so i'm not after i'm i'm about raising all actors up yeah so whether it's a union or non-union gig it should have a living wage yeah and Everybody needs to be involved. Do you think it's part of that career. is is the fact that there's so many actors now? There's been, are there more now than there were ten years ago? I don't think so. It's, right, the yeah, same. it's always the same. It's, it's the just same. greed. 
it's just corporate greed. Yeah. That's all it is. Fuck. How do we fix that? <laughs> the whole thing. Again, it's big picture. You yeah. see, when, when this whole SAG thing was going on, uh, I remember saying to people who were so mad about, you know, Americans going to Walmart or whatever, and I just said to them, you know, there was a giant teacher strike. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do anything for them? You know, I remember my town, my my area was big steel mills, and I remember when they all collapsed. Yeah. Did SAG march for the steel workers? Right. So, like, no one's going to, you know what I mean? Like, we don't care about any other people yeah. about ourselves. Yeah. And so until we all stay we're done with this we're fed up we're not going to take it anymore like from the movie uh pay us what we deserve yeah so so is anything coming up any events coming up that are moving towards that end votes or i know you guys did a big march and like a well now with the contract settled and they all signed it and everybody said that the corporations the people you know the agencies and everybody were super stoked with it so and sag was super stoked with it yeah so Hopefully that marching worked. We did a lot. And um, now we just have to see if they start making those commercials. You know what I yeah. mean? But they did a really great job, the negotiating committee this year, and everybody seems very, very happy with it. So yeah. we just have to see. So fingers crossed. Yes. Okay. One more question. Mm-hmm. You've been sitting with me for 55 minutes. Oh, okay. Can I get a free cold reading from you? <laughs> In terms of like type? Who, who you are? Yeah. Well, clearly model guy. Okay. Um, like we would call you in for car. I'm sure you get a lot of car commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Timberland yep. stuff. Outdoors. I have the beard right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cliff. Cliff climber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just went for a rock climbing audition. Are you see? Yeah. Okay. So I've got three for three. Commercial. Yeah. Okay. So there <laughs> you go. Three for three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay. Good. So that's my And congrats type. on the booking. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now that doesn't mean you can't be funny guy, but right. we wouldn't know that. You'd have to put that on a reel. Like you know? I get a lot of um you'll see the ones like looking for the Ryan Reynolds type. And that's yes. when they want the funny attraction. I couldn't guy. think of his name, but that's yeah. exactly who I see a lot of are. that. But then I also get, you know, we talk about this a lot where you get the casting was like, no models, and you go and everyone's beautiful. Well, because here's the deal. Clients always say we don't want models, and then we bring in uh let's put in quotes, regular relatable people. And then they all call us. Every, it happens every casting, and every casting director knows it's yeah. an inside joke. Um, then they call and they're like, "Why does everybody look like this?" <laughs> so we just yeah. give them the model. Just give them everyone. Um, so, maybe because you don't book it. That's a um, good thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that doesn't mean though that you can't be funny and let us know. Mm-hmm. I tell this story all the time in class that there was an actor we called in, and she's gorgeous, and we only called her in for model stuff. And then in the course of the callback, something happened where she was allowed to show herself. And she had everybody on the floor. Yeah. And we were like, we called her agent. We were like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah is funny. Yeah. We never knew that. Yeah. And now we call her and she has booked so much through our office because if she didn't take that chance and tell that story. Yeah. If she would have just clammed up as actors do or nervous in the moment, we would never have known. And she booked that spot because of that. And it had nothing to do with humor. And it opened up the rest of her career. Yes. Completely. Because she took a chance. Huge booker. She's and not. comedy. Yeah. And no one knew. Because it goes back to what we were saying, stereotype. I don't I only have so many slots in a day. Yeah. And my directors want this, the clients want this. So I have to see it in that headshot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she was she's in a category that you don't think of as funny. Right. But now she we call her in for everything. So maybe she could be funny when she comes in the room a little, you know, show a little bit of who she is. So 
maybe you don't get off the headshot, but well, then you know her. Right. But the thing is, in the in the in the calls that she's going for, in the rock climbing guy, yeah. we don't need funny. Right. I need you to climb the fucking rock and yeah. look the way you look. Yeah. And so she'd never given that opportunity. Sure. You know, this was just a fluke thing that happened where the director wanted them to do something, and she was funny. So you just got to find a way to insert yourself. So you got to find a way to show people that. So get that reel up, mm -hmm. you know, and so that we can click on that reel and say, oh, my God, I didn't know he was funny, too. Are you clicking on the reels on LA Casting? Yeah. Okay. I need to update mine. Good advice. Yeah. Okay. So it's killingsworkshop.com and yes. killingsworkshop on Instagram. Yes. Any particular classes you want to promote? Well, we have two different style now we have the brick and mortar where you come to the studio but for people in atlanta new york london wherever and people in la i took the adult workshop which is the most popular one here yeah, that's my boot camp definitely and um i put that online cool yes it is very cool it's 10 videos uh for 99 bucks and again the reason i did it was because number one people who aren't in this city yeah but also what happens is actors come back to me <clears throat> excuse me they they take a class they book, 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 book. Then they come back to me in four years and say they're in a slump. Yeah. And my first question always is, where's your notebook? Yeah. And then they say, Killian, that was four years. I have so. mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, okay, so it was four years ago, but where's your notebook? And then they say, well, it was four years ago. Okay, well, but you had the golden ticket. Right. And then you lost it. Yeah. So this way, you never have to worry about losing your notebook. Mm -hmm. And you have them forever. You can do them at your own pace. You could do them over and over and over again so you don't forget. Yeah. Actors hear wrong. We all hear wrong in life. Like, we'll tell an actor to go left, they'll go right. So you write things wrong that I say in class. Mm -hmm. This way, that doesn't happen. And what I really love about it is the last video, when you buy them, do them in order. Do the homework. That's real important. Of course. But the last video is really cool because the number one note I get is, Killian, I wish I could take you into the room with me. Well, now technology has caught up, and now you can, yeah. because the last video is you're in the lobby of your audition, you put your earbuds in, I come on the screen, we go through your checklist, and what are you here for? Is it interview? Is it mm -hmm. spokesperson? Is it reactions? Mm -hmm. We go through the different types of commercials, go through your checklist, and I calm you down, you walk into the room, and book it. Well, I have an audition in 30 minutes. Can I sign up right now? And yes, that? watch them right now. That's awesome. <laughs> I need that. That's great. It's such a great resource, especially for people who can't afford the full class or, or like you said, are out That's of the, the city. Thing. I'm trying to do price points. Yeah. And then again, yes, if you're out of the city, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, and I just, I put a lot of work into them and they're very cool and they're short and to the point, boom, boom, boom. Right. Because uh, we have no attention span any longer. Yeah. So yeah. they're very quick videos, but they have all the basics there that you need to start your career. And obviously you're great on a microphone, but to see Killian in all his glory live is <laughs> you, that you, you don't want to miss that. So I recommend at least signing up for the online class, if not coming into the brick and mortar, because it's the best class there is. Or both. Yeah, or both. I'm, I'm going to be back. <laughs> Are you still doing the boot camp? Yes, I do that. Yes. Yeah. That's so that's here. every Friday. So you that's come in. when you go online, that's called the adult workshop. I don't know why it's called that. It just became that. Oh, I mean the, the actor's gym. Oh, the actor's gym. Yes, we do yeah. that every Friday. Yeah. So you can come in and just go through an so audition. So we have mock auditions on yep. Fridays so the actors can practice what they've learned. And get some feedback because yes. we never get feedback. No, that's true. We <laughs> so. give you we you watch what you just did and then we give you feedback there in the moment. Uh, that's a really cool yeah. concept. That's a great resource. I need to start doing that more. Yes. And with that, do you have anything last parting words for our listeners? Yes. In terms of life or anything? Leap and the net will appear. That's perfect, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. This really is awesome. Appreciate it. All right. Bye, kids. I really love it. <laughs>